Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Good. It's uh, it's weird to see you twice in one day for us to record like this. Right. Yep. We recorded a special episode, special episode to drop next week. Yes. So yeah, we got a, a special episode, number 338, that's going to drop on Monday, a conversation with the one and only Trevin Wax. Trevin Wax, good friend of the pod. I actually got tickled when we recorded that earlier that uh, at the end, you did the whole ending like normal. Uh, yeah, I know. Where you said, I realized we'll it after the week. fact. Yep. And I thought, well, actually, like, we'll see if four days from now, because we're dropping this on a Monday and it's not really, and we won't have an episode next Monday. I There were all kinds of issues with it, but I didn't question it at the time. I just said it. It's what we say. I know. And that's why. And I thought about the same thing afterwards. And here you are calling me out. So, well, you know, it's what you do. I mean, I'm doing it. <laughs> After the fact, but before the fact, because yeah. we're recording this after you did it, but but it will drop before the other one. So yeah. those who are listening, make sure you listen for it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll give you a little preview of that one. Trevin joined us today uh, earlier to, to record the episode that we're going to drop on Monday, and that's going to be on August the 30th. So it'll be in your inboxes on August the 30th in your podcast uh, catchers. So uh, be sure to check that out. He came on, talked about his new role over at NAM. Uh, talked about some of the stuff that he'd done over at Lifeway, the CSB Gospel Project, things like that. While he he was at Lifeway, and then we also spent, I would say, the bulk of the time talking about another podcast on our podcast, uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And and I know this is a big topic in evangelicalism. A lot of people talking about it right now. So we wanted to bring Trevin on because Trevin, I, I think he's one of the the best thinkers of our day uh, to be able to kind of analyze this from a, a cultural perspective as well as an evangelical perspective, Southern Baptist perspective, even some of the lessons that we can learn as uh, many of us listen to that podcast and, and consume that. So Mike Cusper's done a great job with that podcast and Trevin came on and we spent, I don't know what, about an hour and 10 minutes, I guess, talking with Trevin yeah. and just a, a, a great conversation. You're really going to enjoy the conversation. And, and Trevin is just, he's one of the greatest and I'm so thankful for him. Yeah. And, and we really are trying to strike the right tone that says, you know, listening to that podcast for those who do, it's not about, you know, like trying to like watching a train wreck or something like that, that we're, it, it's, it's not about entertainment. It's really about trying to ask questions about what does this tell us about ourselves and how does this help us to be better people and to be better ministers in our spaces, to be better at participating in the mission. Yeah. And the the importance of leadership and character and leadership. So it was a, it was a great conversation. You won't want to miss that. Dropping on Monday. It was way too long for us to, to try to drop in a regular episode, especially since we have about 43 items to cover in today's episode. Um, we've had slow weeks in the past. This is not one of them. So we're going to jump right. right into it right now and we'll get after it. But before we do, as always, want to thank our sponsors, the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary over in Fort Worth, as well as Texas Baptist College. Fall preview day is the perfect time to explore everything a college has to offer. So Texas Baptist College is excited to welcome new students to campus for fall preview day on October 23rd. 
Students will have a chance to check out the campus, meet their professors, and talk to fellow students about their Texas Baptist College experience. Visit texasbaptist.com slash preview to learn more and register for Fall Preview Day at Texas Baptist College. That's coming up in about eight weeks. Don't want to miss that if you're interested in uh, in college over at Southwestern at Texas Baptist College. All right. All right, Amy, you and I, we, we've got kids that are going to be doing college visits this fall. You realize that? I am very aware of that. More, Does that make you feel uh, old? Because it makes me feel old. It, it's it's a, a rude awakening for, for where we are. And just a really kind of a strange experience and even thinking about how close, you know, you're, you've got kids that you've got one that's looking to go to college, but you've also got a pretty young, you know, how, how old is Avery? First, or what grade grade is yeah, first grade. Yeah. So you've also got a, first I've got grader. a ways to go before the empty house. You've got like one. We're, year. we're looking at like empty nest. I mean, it's staring us in the face and just thinking about, Oh my goodness, what does life even look like? Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of reflecting on that right now. And yes, it does make me feel old. Yeah. Same, same. You know, it's really going to make me feel old whenever it happens for the last time with the, the first grader now, whenever Avery leaves. And well, you will will be, you'll you'll be be pretty old old then. (laughs) Yeah. You'll be pretty old. So in the fifties, which is not old for those of you Are you going to be one of those dads when she's at graduation where everyone thinks that you're the granddad? All right, our first item of note this week on the podcast. <laughs> you want to go straight to the news, don't you? Uh, All right. We need to get to the news, Amy. I, I, yeah. That's enough of this discussion. Let, enough banter. Jump right in. We got to jump, jump right in. Jump right in. We got yes. three states bumping their CP up this week. We start in your neck of the woods in North Carolina, where the North Carolina Baptists have restructured and increased their national CP allocation of the cooperative program funds in their state to 45%. That's right. So this is my state convention here. I am a North Carolina Baptist and have been now for nine years, even at a couple of different churches, but always North Carolina Baptist. And so this was a pretty big announcement. They really are uh, making a lot of changes. And Terry Stockman, who is an executive committee member, prayed on behalf of the committee and said, you know, as he was praying, he called the moves a historic shift in the way we do ministry here in North Carolina. And so what they did is they unanimously endorsed a cooperative program budget proposal for 2022 that will be $28 million. It's an increase of $1 million from the current budget, but it calls for a three-point increase in what the state will send to the national cooperative program allocation budget. So that moves from 42 to 45% of, uh, of all that, that is collected. So that is, that's a, a, a really big jump. You know, a lot of times we sort of see the incremental moves yeah. up. We've seen that, but this 3%, that's a really big jump. Yeah. I think they've been moving a half percent a year. So this was a pretty big right. jump, like you said. So there was also an announced restructure in the state uh, and there will be now five new groups within the organizational structure. And each group will be headed by a director who reports to the new executive director, Todd Unzicker, good friend of the pod there. So Chuck Register, who's the current associate executive director, treasurer, and executive leader for church planning and missions partnership. He's going to become the new director of the mission catalyst group. He'll oversee a group of deployed catalysts across the state who will serve churches in each of the state's geographic regions as identified in the state convention's bylaws. 
The group will also include statewide catalysts to serve African-American, Asian, and Hispanic pastors and churches. Brian Upshaw, good friend of the pod, also a current executive leader of the State Convention Administration and Convention Relations Group. He's going to become the director of Ministry Strategies Group. So uh, they will equip, develop, and train and assist churches uh, with any ministry within the church. So, you know, really focused on church ministries there. Seth Brown, another friend of the pod, uh, current executive editor and president of the Biblical Recorder, the state newspaper, news journal, which is now a magazine. Um, He will join the state convention staff specifically as the director of the new convention relations group. So it liaison to the state convention's board of directors, institutions, agencies, as well as across the Southern Baptist Convention. Then John Butler, who's the current executive leader for the business services group, will become the director of the new operations group. So financial services, HR, that kind of stuff. And then finally, Catherine Carson, who currently leads the work of the state convention's communications team, will become the director of the newly formed marketing and communications group. So it will oversee all the resources and expanded support for churches in marketing and communications. So that is uh, the kind of the restructure there in North Carolina. Yeah. So lots of, lots of big things happening. That CP increase being sort of the biggest announcement, I think, uh, but congratulations to Seth Brown and uh, uh, looking forward to seeing how that new structure and the, the team members uh, and, and leaders, how, how they begin to kind of shape what comes next for North Carolina. Absolutely. And again, all approved unanimously there in North Carolina. So great news out of the Tar Heel State. We go down to Mississippi, where the executive committee there approved $50,000 in relief aid for Southern Baptist Sin Relief Ministry to be used in responding to the crises that are going on in Haiti and Afghanistan. We'll talk a little bit more about the Afghanistan crisis at the end of the show. But they also unanimously approved and sent to the full convention board uh, which met later in the day this past week whenever they met, a proposed 2022 cooperative program budget totaling over $30 million, which is a 6% increase over the 2021 budget. And they will move from 38 to 39% uh, be, being sent on to the National Cooperative Program Allocation Budget. So some All right. increase in North Carolina, increase in Mississippi, and Amy, an increase in Texas in uh, kind of the amount uh, they're, they're still at right. the 55%, though. So tell us about that. Yeah. So the executive board for the SBTC in Texas, they voted to recommend at this coming annual meeting a $26.5 million budget for 2022. That's an increase of 1.51%. So it continues their practice. They forward 55% to the national CP allocation budget. That'll be $14.3 million because of that increased budget. Uh, so a continuation of with the new state executive director, Nathan Lorick, of what has been in place for some time at the SBTC. They also took some of their reserves and awarded a grant of $100,000 to the SBC Executive Committee as a designated gift to support the committee's new initiative of assisting churches in prayer. So the, the new prayer ministry, the ministry assignment that was given to the executive committee in June at the annual meeting. They are the first state convention to lend financial support to that work. And the budget passed by the executive committee at the SBTC also includes a first-time allocation of $10,000 to the Women's Missionary Union efforts in SBTC churches. So I remember in Texas, WMU efforts are mostly done through the BGCT. So this is the first time that the SBTC is funding Women's Missionary Union 
efforts in the state. Very cool. And also, just to tidy up on that one, they're currently exploring a formal relationship with the WMU. So that's great to hear. All right. Very cool. More news out of that one. So that's the financials, Amy. So we, we talk about the increase in CP giving from the states there. More news from the SBTC. They're going to become a SEND state. So they have approved a partnership with the North American Mission Board's SEND Network. Yeah. So this is a new collaboration that has uh, ha- has come up. Until recently, the SEND initiative was targeting like targeting major cities in North America. Well, now SEND states will be a way to focus resources for church planting just to address populations that are rising. And, uh, and, and so what will happen is NAM will take on a role in planter assessment, training and coaching, orientation, care, and funding, and then the SBTC staff will be trained in SIN network processes. So this is just a way of kind of working together. And this is a new kind of a, a, a new addition to what we've seen in uh, to what we've seen in the SEND system, the SEND networks. Now we got SEND, SEND cities and now we have SEND states. And SEND Texas specifically here. Also yes. a couple of uh, personnel moves. Tony Matthews, who's the pastor at North Garland Fellowship Baptist Church there in the Dallas Metroplex area. He's been the pastor there for about 29 years. He's coming. To, he's going to come on as the senior strategist for the largest of SBTC's ministry divisions, the Missional Ministries Division, uh, which obviously handles their missional ministries for the state convention. And he's going to transition out of his pastorate in March after 29 years of pastoring at North Garland Fellowship Baptist Church. So congratulations to Tony Matthews on that. Uh, He has served as the vice president of the SBTC, as well as president of the SBTC African American Fellowship and vice chairman over at the Board of Trustees of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. So congratulations to Tony. Also, Jason Larson is going to be the Digital Ministries and Communications Associate over at the SBTC and will take over the Texan, who, by the way, has a redesigned website that's really nice. For oh, any cool. Of I just noticed that recently. Great website. So well done over there. But uh, So he will take over the day-to-day work of the Texan in 2022 over from Gary Ledbetter, who has led that ministry in the past. And finally, they voted unanimously to honor the late Jimmy Pritchard with the first of the Leaders Legacy Award from the Southern Baptist of Texas Foundation. So Pritchard died earlier this year of COVID-19, but they wanted to honor him for his work with the SBTC Executive Board as well as the Foundation. So uh, a cool thing there to uh, to honor Pritchard after his passing this past February. That's wonderful. And I know would have meant a lot to his family. Absolutely. So uh, that'll do it for our, our news from the States so on that, that thing. We'll get back to some more news later in that. But Amy, we've got a new leader at Baptist Press. Yes. Uh, Brandon Porter has been named Associate Vice President for Convention News. And so this is a big announcement. This dropped, and, and I knew, obviously, when George Schroeder left and same time, you know, not not long after I transitioned. Yeah, to somebody my else left role. about that same time. I know. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. Um, There's no so nice way that, to say it. I know. I'm sorry. So we knew that this would be coming, but I was excited to see this announcement this week. So tell us a little bit. So tell us a little bit about Brandon Porter. 
All right, so Brandon Porter comes to us from Kentucky Today. He's been the editor over at Kentucky Today, also served the last two years as the communications director for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Kentucky Today, if you're outside of Kentucky, you may not know about it because it's it's obviously geared toward Kentuckians. Uh, it kind of took over for the Kentucky newspaper uh, when the Western Recorder and the State Convention went separate ways a few years back. But um, Brandon has been running that and done a phenomenal job. One of the best state paper news websites out there. And, you know, whenever we started looking for somebody to take over after George left, Brandon was one of the first calls I made. So um, and it worked out and we're excited to have him joining us here at the uh, executive committee. He oversaw KBC legislative lobbyist work as well as chaplaincy as at the state capitol um, while he was at the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And also, um, you know, just he's done a great job, just everything that he's done at the KBC and at Kentucky today. So I'm really looking forward to having Brandon come on board. He's got a, a kind of a radio background, some sales and commercial production. And he, he get this, Amy, he used to DJ for Solid Gospel Radio here in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I'm impressed. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? He he, yeah. he had kind of a dream of being a gospel singer, which I'm just like, okay. that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, now you're going to have, because for those of you who have not been to our the Baptist building oh. or on the sixth floor, there's a, in the area the of Baptist Press, there's a piano out there. And so at times, whenever it's just kind of one of those moments in the day where everybody needs a break, uh, you, there are some musicians on the team. Yep. And so, man, you're going to get Brandon and Laura Erlinson out there, and it is uh, it it could be really great. We could have some fun. So we're excited to have Brandon on board. He'll start uh, in September. So those of you coming to the SBC Executive Committee meeting that haven't met Brandon, uh, you'll be able to meet him at the uh, end of September for that meeting. So really excited. Very about cool. That. So glad to have him on. Uh, trustees, Amy. Had a trustee meeting at Lifeway this past week, and uh, they shared some financials as well as the strategy for the next era of Lifeway ministry. Yeah. So this is, first of all, you know, it feels like we're just now getting the fall started. Well, it's already time for trustee meeting reports. So Lifeway usually is the one that that comes first. So they unveiled a three-pronged strategy for the next phase of LifeWay's ministry, said that the first two years of Ben Mandrell's presidency were about narrowing the focus of the organization, and now it's moving into a three-pronged strategy for a new phase. And so the, the three things are multiply, value, and culture are the three key themes that will drive the strategy. They want to really dig into sort of the core customers, local churches, try to to understand them well. And so really working to find new ways to engage, they said, to be intentional about finding new ways to engage and collaborate. They also approved a $217 million budget for the 2021-2022 fiscal year. And, uh, and then announced a new chief marketing officer, Kim Massey. Yeah, one note. We'll get to Kim in just a second. One note on the budget. Um, they have noted that next year they're going to have a net operating loss of $5 million. This past year, they thought they were going to have an $8 million operating loss. It wound up only being $1.8 million. So we're able to cut operating expenses and, and raise some revenues as well to show only a one point eight instead of an $8 million loss. So that's a good sign. So maybe, you know, if 
that trend keeps up next year, it's possible instead of a $5 million loss, they could be looking at less of a loss or even a positive contribution from operating expenses. So don't hear that, though. I just want to make one note. Don't hear that and think, wait, Lifeway sold the building and sold Ridgecrest this past year and they still lost money. That's different. That's not yeah. operating revenue. That is capital revenue and, and capital gains on, on their property. So don't think, you don't do think recognize- that they lost that. You do recognize that it, you say all that and it means nothing to me, well, but it helps me. To, some people out I, there, it's going to help. And I don't yeah, want those I calls about, you. hey, wait, Lifeway sold all this and they still lost. No, no, that's different. No, that's no different. I think the clarification so. is important. I'm saying yes, math, economics, you know, all those things. I hey, let one people of these like days, you handle it. We're 337 episodes into this thing. One of these days, the math is going to make sense, Amy. It I'm may not, take I'm, another 337. I'm not holding out hope, but you know, one of these days, it's possible. It just doesn't interest me. I don't want to even try. Okay. But, well, hey, tell us about Kim Massey. Yeah. So Kim Massey is coming in as the new chief marketing officer. So this is a this is a brand new role. It's a senior vice president level role. And so it's really thinking through the overall corporate uh, vision, strategic direction, development, and execution of their brand and marketing strategy. So Kim is coming from Atlanta. She was at Kimberly Clark and was a global marketing leader. So Kimberly Clark is, uh, that's a pretty big company. Yeah, so she, she's- that's yeah, so she's she's coming uh, from from a, a great business background. She started with Citigroup as a sales trader, and then she was part of uh, marketing. She was on the PepsiCo oh, okay. chief, yeah, CMO council. So she's got a lot of experience with Fortune 500 companies, and uh, and, and so she's really bringing that. And she's from Nashville. She went to Harpeth Hall. So oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I, yep. I only know a little bit about Kimberly Clark, and that's because my roommate in college was an engineer for Kimberly Clark. He worked like during the, you know, we went to school and worked at Kimberly Clark, and he developed some of the, um, and helped like with the engineering of toilet paper making slash rolling machines. They had that in okay. Hattiesburg. I don't know. I have no idea. He he was a, he did all kinds of stuff. He had to go to Japan a couple of times on some trips for some, for these machines and it was crazy. That's very cool. It's like, you're like, dude, you're like 22. What, how in the world? And, you know, he's done well for himself. Good old Jed Norman. So sounds shout like out there. it. So, right. Okay. Um, also, some news, some more personnel news. Daniel Patterson, good friend of the pod, announced this past week that he's going in view of a call to Central Baptist Church as uh, possibly their executive pastor. Yeah. So, this is in College Station, Texas, right there where Texas A&M is. Their pastor is Philip Bethencourt. So he used to be the executive vice president at the ERLC. So they've got a little bit of history together. And uh, it's important when a pastor and executive pastor have that sort of background and trust. And so Daniel Patterson has been the interim president of the ERLC since May when uh, Russell Moore left that position. He's been at the ERLC. Daniel's been there for eight years, I think. It's been a long, long, long time. So this is, I know, very exciting for him and his family. And, you know, it's always great uh, as, as I've experienced to, to go and be part of the local church um, as well. There's some great things that are happening at the denominational level, but being at the local church is a, a great opportunity and experience too. So we wish him the best moving into that, uh, moving into that role. And especially as he goes in view of a call in the weeks ahead. Yeah. And just a couple of notes on that. The 
ERLC has a trustee meeting coming up in about three weeks, I think it is, around September the 13th or so. I'm going to attend that one. A couple of us from uh, from BP are going to go to that. And I, we expect to have an update from the search committee as well as maybe a, an announcement to uh, who the next uh, kind of acting leader will be at the ERLC now that Daniel looks to be headed to Texas. So um, congratulations to him on that and uh, wish him the best if that uh, comes to fruition. Some updates. Another update from Texas, Amy. First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, where there was a mass shooting in 2017, killing 26 people. They have decided to demolish the old sanctuary building in which the shooting had occurred. That's right. So this is a really tough, it's a really tough thing. So that, that incident, as many remember, happened in 2017, uh, 26 people lost their lives and it was, uh, it, it had become a memorial. They had put you know, chairs up in the 26 chairs in there sort of to commemorate that and to remember those people. So they've been worshiping in a different space, but it's been acting as a memorial. So this was a really tough thing. Why don't you kind of unpack what's going yeah, on well, there? The, the big thing is people wanted to go in and visit the memorial, visit the site. And you had to do that by appointment only. It was an enclosed space. It just, it became too unwieldy, I think, to do that. So what they're looking at doing is replacing that with an outdoor open air memorial that if, if you want to go and pay your respects or go and pray or, you know, pray for the families of the victims, those, then you can do that at any time. So this allows anyone, like if you're in the area to be able to go there, pay your respects and pray for those um, affected by the shooting. So instead of, you know, having to try to make an, uh, you know, uh, an appointment or something like that. So they had a memorial facility in the old facility. But now this will yeah. be, you'll have 24 seven access now. So, yeah, that's, that's really good because I think that is something to remember that when you have to, people are wanting to come and to visit it, but you've also got this very traumatic thing that has happened there and the church trying to maintain all of that. That's a, this is a good, a good plan. Going well, forward, and you see this a lot of times. I mean, think of Oklahoma city. Uh, right. I don't know if you've been to the memorial wall there, very touching and, and obviously nine yeah. 11 and um, both Pennsylvania as well as in New York City. You know, you got the big memorial there that, you know, I think anytime anybody's in New York, that's that's kind of like a, right. a place you want to be able to go and, and reflect. So uh, doing the same thing here. So I uh, wish uh, Frank Pomeroy and all of our friends down at First Baptist Church Sutherland Springs all the best in this. I know it's it, it's been a very emotional five years almost and um, or four years. And um, just, you know, they're just one foot in front of the other day at a time. So yeah, uh, be in prayer for them. And then also we got some good news, Amy. Southwest Baptist University, they got a new school president, Richard J. Melson. Yeah, this is exciting. So he's coming from Cedarville in Ohio, where he has been vice president of advancement and associate professor of business administration there since 2016. And so now he's going to be headed to Bolivar, Missouri, effective September 7th. So you know what exciting. that's near, right? Uh, is that near Branson? Woo! Yeah, yeah, it is. Very exciting. Uh, yes. I've I've never been to Bolivar or to Branson. Oh, Amy, you got to go. Uh, to, I know to Bolivar too, but definitely to Branson. He he was also at Southern. He said director of admissions and student recruitment at Southern. I guess yeah, that was before or after you. Maybe it was probably a, it was probably after me. Okay, right. But I don't know for sure. Could have been right. before. I don't know. Who knows? It doesn't have a date, so we don't know. But congratulations yep. to Dr. Melson on that. And speaking of some of our seminaries and colleges, got some COVID-19 guidelines that have been put out by them. 
you know, everybody's kind of back at it now and people kind of wondering, well, what does classes look like or anything at these seminaries as well as the colleges? So uh, there's a good, we're not going to go through them individually here, but we have uh, compiled a list of how the seminaries are doing uh, all their, um, you know, all the precautions that the seminaries are taking in wake of the kind of the resurgence of COVID-19. So if you're headed to any of our seminaries, which I encourage you to do, be, you know, check out the campus, uh, meet the people there, be sure to check this out. There's a link in the show notes over to Baptist Press that uh, kind of details the COVID-19 guidelines at each campus. And unfortunately, Amy, we have some sad news from one of our seminaries related to COVID-19. Yeah, this was Midwestern Seminary uh, had had a, a great loss because of COVID-19. Chrissy Wallen, uh, she was a wife of a seminary student and employee Roy Wallen died on Monday after she had been hospitalized for a week. And so she died from complications related to COVID-19. These types of things are so difficult, especially when you have someone who is a, a real fixture in the campus community. And so they had uh, have two boys and it's just, just a lot, you know, obviously I, I don't know her, didn't know her, but I know what it is like when a seminary community loses someone like that. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult. So this is one of those things. I don't know about you, but I, I am beginning to know more people that yeah. are uh, affected or, or losing people because of COVID-19. And that's just, it's just really tough. Never, never gets easier. Yeah, it's it's become, you know, we had a couple of team members here at the executive committee that have have come down with it and um, have been out for a while. And then we, you know, I had a couple of people at church that I've known. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's still a thing and uh, still a lot of people dealing with it and everything. And uh, also got some other sad news, Amy, from Missouri. The oldest associational mission strategist in Missouri passed away this past week at 95 years old. Yeah, Russell Adams. So this is for the Dallas County Association of Southern Baptists in Buffalo, Missouri. So Dallas County in Missouri, 95, still yeah. serving. And he was still going. I, I had gotten an email about him. I heard that he was not doing it well past couple of weeks. And but he was still ministering to the the nurses and hospice. I think I think led one or two of them to Christ, like while he was in hospice. Just incredible. Really amazing. And I know that's a big loss for those churches in that association. Yeah. And, and those great stories about him. Uh, the Missouri Baptist um, paper had put out, Richard Nations had written a great story about him. And we kind of modified that into an obituary and, and a reflection on his life. So I uh, want to thank him for his service. Russell Adams, just uh, again, not going to be the same in Missouri. Uh, without uh, Russell Adams up there uh, leading the Dallas County Association of Southern Baptists. So uh, some sad news there. Also, Amy, some sad news from Tennessee this past week. Uh, loss of life. Almost two dozen people have uh, died after flooding in the area. First Baptist Waverly, Tennessee, which is on the west side of Nashville, uh, over in Dixon, Tennessee, that county, Dixon County, as well as Humphreys County. Um, really had a lot of rain over the past week or so, and and just really devastating to that area. Yeah, this was hard to sort of see the pictures and my parents were visiting this past week. And so they were beginning to see a lot of things on their own Facebook feeds, people they know, friends living in the area. And so they were showing me a lot of stuff and man, just so tough. And, you know, I, of course I'm remember, I was remembering the flood in Nashville from so many years ago and it's just hard. It's hard when that happens. 
So lots of devastating loss. And I know loss of people, loss of homes, a lot of people really displaced and uh, just tremendous disaster. So very tough. Kind of, kind of a sour note to end the, the news portion on here. So uh, just some real heavy news this past week. A lot of loss of life. Right. You know, um, we go with the Afghanistan thing. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But, uh, you know, the, the floods here and, and then you got the Haiti situation with the earthquake. I mean, just sin relief. Disaster relief from the states, they're they are all really kind of cranked up right now. So um, right. just a really tough time. And I uh, want to be in prayer for you know all those affected by these. But that is going to bring us to our favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1957. I told a story of a, uh, was it $2, $3, something like that, of a, a, a check? Or was it three cents, maybe? I think it was I think a three it was cent some, check, wasn't it? Yeah, three cents. Uh, well, there was another story in 1957. It was in the August 25th issue of Baptist Press. So I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's the last story in the issue. And it talks about a check for $2 that arrived in Nashville. It says, uh, from a financier's standpoint, it would have been chicken feed. From a Christian point of view, however, it was more like the widow's might Jesus commented on. They really had a way to kind of turn a phrase there. Uh, yeah, we got to work on then. that. You talk to S- Scott Barkley, hey, yeah, uh, but- or Brandon Porter. Hey, you know, Brandon, let's let's crank things up here, man. That's We're right. Talking so, chicken feed and widow's might here. But here's what they did. This came from Korea. Okay, in 1957. So think yeah. about the, the timing of that. The heels of yeah. the Korean War. Mm-hmm. That's right. This was a group of children who attended a VBS that had been conducted by Southern Baptist missionaries there. And they wanted to give an offering to help other people, just like VBS uh, that we might have where they take up an offering. And they sent $2 to the office of Porter Routh, treasurer Mm. of the Southern Baptist Convention. They sent $2 that they wanted to be used in the cooperative program. The Korean children saying they wanted to help send the gospel around the world. I was so touched when I read that story. And, uh, you know, the stories like that, they just never, uh, they they never cease to to, uh, amaze me and to bless me. And so we often will have that sometimes here. We'll talk about, you know, a, a child that is, it's impressed upon them to do something like this. But I was struck, especially with the timing in 1957, that you had these Korean children uh, at vacation Bible school from IMB missionaries uh, that said they wanted to help send the gospel around the world. And that, uh, that story came out this week in SBC history. Reminds me a lot of Abby Cavanaugh from last year. Yes. Remember that $32? Yes. That's right. $32. I was talking about that. Not just us talking about it. The IMB talking about it as well. We we gave to it. We talked about it here on the podcast too. And you remember that $32, that turned into $13,000 and counting for the IMB for them to to take the gospel. So, I mean, just the the things that kids do and can spur on, it can have a huge impact and uh, very, very cool to see that again from 64 years ago, Amy, that $2 from Korea. So. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? So mine is a podcast episode. More sad of, news. This is yeah, 
but the podcast is not. So this is an episode that, that came out, you know, a a little bit ago, the podcast is called the habit and it is put out by Jonathan Rogers, who is a professor. Uh, Keith taught with him several years ago when we were in Nashville as an English professor. And it's about, it's usually about, uh, writing. It's a conversations with writers about writing. It's kind of the subtitle of it, but he had a series that he did called sad stories told for laughs. And he would bring people on to tell, you know, funny stories. And this episode is with Thomas McKenzie, who was a, a pastor in an Anglican church there in Nashville, part of the Anglican church in North America. And what, where it came, you know, to surface this week is that he was killed in a car accident this week and um, was a, has been a huge blow to the city of Nashville, but also to a lot of other people in the evangelical world. I didn't know him well, but I did know him and my interactions with him through the years were a huge blessing to me. And he did, I mean, it's just been amazing to read some of the tributes and they really have spoken to his humility so one thing that I had said, because I tweeted about this the other night when I, I shared one of the stories, uh, one thing I had said was that he was one of the best storytellers I had ever heard. And I had mentioned that to a few people. Well, really, it was this one story that he would tell. And I was I got to be at a, a rabbit room event where he told this story. And it is absolutely hilarious. Well, I didn't realize Uh, until a day or two ago that he had told that story on this podcast. And so when I found out, I thought I've got to share that. And it is the, it's one of the funniest stories um, that I've ever heard. And it's a completely true story. Something that happened when he was 18 years old, I think it's, it's absolutely hilarious, but it gives a real picture of who he was. And I mean, he really had an impact on a number of people, including a lot of Southern Baptists. And so several people were reflecting on that, not just me, um, but it's a great sort of uh, just connection. So I wanted to share that as my resource. You need to make sure you listen to it. I think I sent it to you. You will laugh and laugh. It's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll check it out. All right. Um, my resource of the week is a prayer guide from Sin Relief on Afghanistan. So it's something that we just put together today. Sin Relief had put this out a while back and or like a week and a half ago or something. So we took it, put it in a eight and a half by five and a half or five and a half by eight and a half, you know, have a sheet of paper that you can print out if you'd like. If you listen to this and you want to use something on Sunday, you can print this out for a guided prayer time or whatever at your church this week. Uh, so I know Afghanistan's gotten, uh, there's a lot going on over there right now. Um, we've had a, a couple of explosions We're recording this on Thursday. So had a couple of explosions, some real loss of life of American, uh, service men and women over there in the past uh, 24 hours or so. So, I, you know, a lot of people, I think it's weighing heavy on folks' mind, especially the plight of refugees, as well as Americans that are kind of stuck in Afghanistan and right. trying to get evacuated out. So we've got a prayer guide. If you want to use that, we're going to link to the story. It's up at Baptist press. It was the lead item on Thursday. And uh, if you want to use that, you know, feel free to grab that. That's from our friends over at Send Relief. We just took it and, and put it in a, a downloadable PDF form. So you can take that and use that as a prayer guide for Afghanistan. So Yeah, and we definitely need, especially the news that's even just come out this afternoon as we've been recording, uh, it is so tough and it and just even hard to process right now. And so that that is and should be just heavy on all of our hearts. 
So, um, so we're, we've got a prayer guide that you can use for that. If you just want to, if you want to put it in bulletins, that's great. If you just want to print it out and use it, you know, as a guided prayer time on Sunday morning, uh, you know, if you pastor in a church or maybe in Sunday school class, want to use it for that. So you can go download that at Baptist press. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, but, um, it should be right there for you. That's everything going on. Kind of a heavy episode this week, Amy, a lot, yeah. of, you know, some, some kind of some tragic news, some tragic loss as well as, uh, you know, all the stuff that's going on around the world. So the floods here in Tennessee, the earthquake in Haiti, Afghanistan, uh, the refugee issue over there and the evacuation. So um, a lot going on, uh, being prayer for our, our missionaries overseas. You know, uh, a lot of times we, we see things in the news and we may not know it, but we, we likely have people involved in those areas. So uh, be in prayer for any of our missionaries that we have overseas and um, their plight, as well as uh, that they will be strong for the gospel as uh, they face you know, persecution that we may never know about on a daily basis. So uh, thanks again to Southwestern for sponsoring the podcast each and every week, as well as uh, thanks to Trevin Wax coming on for Monday's special episode. You won't want to miss that one. Download that on Monday. That'll be episode 338. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>